Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. That's Joe Wakefield and Ryan Lang. Someone told me we should say our last names. I, I don't know why it matters, but I guess you can Google us. Have you ever Googled yourself? I have. You have? Does anything come up? Just my band. Okay, see, there you go. I uh, Last time I Googled myself, I had uh, my IMDb and a few other things, because at the time we were doing uh, the Fuzz and Malloy festival run, so there was a few articles and other things that were, uh, you know, coming up. So it felt really cool then, and I haven't Googled myself since then, because I want to I wanna stay on that high. I want to be like, that's it. I Yeah, Google my name and shit comes up. I don't want that illusion broken, so if anyone ever does it, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to pop your bubble here, but uh, sometimes I do think that the algorithm is obviously set for you Shh, for Google no. and stuff. So Shut it up, probably Ryan. that's uh, we're so famous. That's what I'm saying. I think if someone who never looked up my band were to type in my name, maybe my Facebook would probably come up. But other than that, I don't know if my band would. I think it does for me just because it's like, oh yeah, well here All you right. go. All right, so this one rock star. I'm gonna we're gonna have to find some strangers' phones and computers and just ask them to Google our names and see if anything comes up. Because now, like I just said, now we're gonna I, get flagged. I like, laid it out. <laughs> I laid it out and said, Ryan, don't break my illusion here. And you're like, no. Well, like like the whole five Fuck people you. who are listening, I right have now a needle. Gonna... I'm gonna pop. <laughs> you're gonna that Google us now. Bubble that you have burst. And now we're gonna get flagged because Google's gonna be like, why are these people? Googling because Ryan and Joe. I mean, to be fair, we're both in the creative space. I, you know, come on, dude. I've, I'm in the film industry. You, you made a full length album in, in the music industry. It's not like we're nobodies. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. we do exist. You need more confidence, yo. Oh, I'm just humble. Uh, I'm just hum- I just try to stay humble. There's, dude. there's hey. a, there's humble, and then there's not giving yourself any credit. But anyway, ah, well, I guess I'll give myself more credit. But, Thank uh, you. Uh, welcome uh, to <laughs> Earthling, Earthling Entertainment. Earthling it Entertainment. is, it is snowing like a mofo outside right now here in Detroit. There's a lot of snow. Yeah, there's a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of nice. My buddy lives in Buffalo. He laughs when I tell him I had snow. He's like, "Yeah, yeah. it's cute." You have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that their you know their football stadium doesn't have a dome. I feel like that is a mistake. Isn't that insane? So well, there, is there are it those... possible that like maybe because they get so much snow that it would be too much weight on the top? It's cr- it. I don't. Maybe. Oh, maybe you might be right. Right. Like, I never thought about it. You that, don't want thousands of pounds of snow crashing into your ceiling. I just thought it was just total like big dick energy. That's what <laughs> I thought it was. Was like just we're gonna go with the snow. Screw you. Well, they do. We like, got grit. Like that's right, grit. We got some grit. Grit. But Ugh, dude, sports. Uh, yeah, sports. R.I.P. <laughs> to the Lions. The most epic freaking run they've had since 1991. Hell of a season. It was fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's sad that we didn't win. It would have been nice to be in a city when it won. I remember in, I think it was 2000 and we had him in the first, I think half. in 2004, I was in Chicago when the white Sox won and that was insane. So it would have been cool. Detroit would have exploded. Oh, oh yeah. And I mean, we still are though. Like every <laughs> dude, every, this was crazy. And, and we didn't even lose by that bad. Like, yeah, the last half was awful. Like we literally, we had him in the first half and the last half they, we completely gave it to him, which was, you know, a bunch of weird shit happened. Like the ball 
bounced off the mask of uh, one of our dudes and landed I, right in the opposite dude's hand for an interception. Well, that that's, is that really is bad. hilarious. It's really bad. That yeah. is hilarious. I would love to see that in a film. That would be great. Just, I, just uh, watch the highlights. Like you know, I'm not a I'm not a sports guy. So I mean, a lot besides being aware of the games and who was winning, I I didn't watch them. Uh, you know, but it is. Earthlink Entertainment. I'm going to change the subject. I was trying to think. Yeah, of a go good, ahead. Go ahead. I was trying to think of a good just sub, uh, way to segue away from sports because you know, not exactly, not exactly what we do here at Earthling Entertainment. We don't do sports. What we do is a little bit of the spooky, the creepy, the strange, the macabre, the grotesque, or the perhaps just the giving you the willies kind of stories. You know, <laughs> ghosts, monsters, cryptozoology, all that fun stuff. Then we have a segment called Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Yes. It is where I discuss disclosure and aliens and other such things. And other shit. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And then the following, excuse me, what's after that is just the entertainment part of our show. And that is usually just a spectrum of different things. We sometimes do movie reviews. We sometimes just do a bunch of headlines of movie news or entertainment news. Sometimes we talk about creatives who have passed and are no longer with us. And other times we just have a fun game. Like last week, we did a Killer Clowns from Outer Space trivia game. So, Earthling Entertainment, we got your spookiness and we got your entertainment. That's what we're here for. Yeah. As our plug. Earthling Entertainment is for everybody. It's true. Uh, but, hey, guys, if you're a fan, do us a favor. Download the episodes. That's actually kind of a big deal. It helps the algorithm. Uh, it, it helps everything. We get more opportunities to expand on the show and just, yeah. So if you listen, download them uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything, really. Honestly, Audible. You could download them on Audible. Hell yeah, dude, which I think is pretty sweet. Me too. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's gonna be a good episode. Uh, Joe's got some fun, spooky stuff coming up. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so this week we're go- we're kind of going back to a little bit of the cryptozoology. This one is I don't want to say cryptozoology because it's not like a it's not like a creature. It's well, it is a creature, but it's it's more humanoid, right? So it's it almost feels like there's a difference between you know you know the Loch Ness monster and this, which is essentially a vampire. Uh, how would you pronounce it, Ryan? The Manananga. The Manananga. And this is an Indonesia vampire, I believe. Yes, uh, from the Philippines. All right. So, yeah, we're about to jump in that in our first segment, which we lovingly call Spooky Stuff. Spooky Stuff. Spooky Stuff. The Manananga. I, I just can't say it without putting a little bit of stank on it. The Manananga. Hey. What? I think anyone who listens to this knows that we are doing our best with these pronunciations. <laughs> we do Google them, but some of them are very hard. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, we looked this up. That's how you say it. So here we go. When it comes to supernatural beings, few cultures boast as rich and diverse a mythology as the Philippines. Home to over 7,000 islands and a melting pot of various ethnicities, the Philippines is a treasure trove of fascinating legends and mythical creatures. One of the most terrifying beings is the Mananangal. The Mananangal! A vampire-like female creature that has long been a fixture in Filipino folklore. That's right. Uh, the Mananangal's roots can be traced back to pre-colonial Philippines, particularly the indigenous tribes 
of the Visayan region, such as the Visaya, the Helagainan, and the Subuano peoples. Apologies if I got that wrong. No, that was great. The term... I mean, hold on, hold on. I say A for effort. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the term Menanungal comes from the Tagalog word Tengal. Tengal. Which means to separate. Oh, yeah. And this is the creepy part of the yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. This is the fucked up part. This is when it starts giving you the willies, where you're just like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is a little bit more than a vampire. This name is fitting as the Menanungal is known for its ability to sever its upper body from its lower half, leaving its legs behind while the rest of it takes flight. And I don't know if this is like an accurate description, but a lot of the art that I've seen, the entrails and the guts kind of hang out from the torso. It's not like it, it's not like it just pops off like Simpson style where it's all smooth. No, man, apparently it's gruesome as hell. <laughs> I know. The Mananangal appears as a human female during the day, indistinguishable from ordinary people. However, at night, it transforms into a monstrous creature with bat-like wings, sharp fangs, and a long, proboscis-like tongue. So, like a mosquito? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so, right? Like, yeah. it sucks blood through its tongue. Ooh. So, hold on, I, I'm imagining, I don't know if you remember the film Starship Troopers. Once again, this is Earthling Entertainment. Entertainment is entertainment. So, Starship Troopers, 1997, great film. As... I'm doing my part. <laughs> I'm doing my part, yeah. Uh, same director as uh, the original would you like RoboCop. To know more? I would like to know more. Do you know the... Uh... I did not know that. Yeah, same guys. And if you compare the two movies, RoboCop and that one, it makes a lot of sense it was the same director. Anyways, at the end of that film, there's a brain bug. I think I brought this up on the show before. And it has this weird little straw thing that comes out of, uh, well, its face, we'll say. And it just kind of stabs, and it's a stab straw. Like, stabs in the head and sucked sucked his brains cleaned out. Looks like a bug got into his brain. Dude, that movie's (laughs) one of my favorites. Like, boobs and bugs. (laughs) Rico's Roughnecks. (gasps) Boobs and bugs. That was that movie for me growing up. Fair enough. You know what was weird about that movie? Is everyone misunderstood uh, a major part of that. They thought it was kind of like pro-military, ooh-rah, like, you know, like, yeah, we're pro-war. And it was it was a satire. It was kind of the opposite. And I just, I don't know. It, it always I, I remember it tickles I, me pink when people get that wrong. I remember I posted something joking about the boobs and bugs. I made a joke about that. And boobs I, and bugs. And I didn't realize the fan base like, there's books and shit. Like, people jumped in like, no, 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 there's totally... Because I I think I said something like, I don't understand why they don't just nuke the bug planet. They're like, because they need the resources for such and such. It's a rare... Like, it's in the books. It's part of this planetary... I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so it's it, a whole thing. Well, it's not just that they're books. Do you know there's five movies? You have told me this, and I, I did not... I was unaware until you told me this. All right, so I don't have everything exact. All right, so so bear with me here. This is to the best of my memory, so I could be wrong. Oh, God. So you have the 1997 one with uh, with uh, the guy in it who, what is his name, Vanderbeek or something? No, it's not James Vanderbeek. I don't know the names. Name? I'm terrible. I just, right. I just knew Neil Patrick Harris. 
<laughs> you know, his name will come to me during this rant. But anyways, the guy who played Rico, and then you have Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, and that was 1997. Great film. Well, now they came out with a second one years later. I want to say 2002. Now, I believe this was a Sci-Fi Channel original movie, and it was called Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation. Hero of the Federation. Jesus. And that in that one, it was kind of like a <laughs> Night of the Living Dead situation where they were stuck in a single tower where the brain bugs kind of herded them in there and kind of were trying to fuck with them. And the reason why is because there were these little bugs that got into your brain and straight up controlled you. Kind of like Yorks from the Animorph series. That's right. York reference. Anyways. Uh, it's a pretty good premise, though. It was actually horrible. But that film was just <laughs> to save money, right? Because you have like a small single area. You don't have to go to a bunch of different planets. And then they figured out a way to not have the bugs in it as much because it was going into people's brains. So you could shoot half the movie where the guy's just walking around. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the bug. And it's like, no, that's the cheap way to shoot it. Anyways, uh, then they have Starship Troopers 3. Now, I don't... Oh, Marauder. That's it. Starship Troopers 3. Marauder. And that brought back the guy who played Rico in the first one. It was a straight-to-video film. However, it was actually pretty good. It tried to bring the canon back into the uh, the world of Starship Troopers, made a little bit more sense, introduced some new bugs. We got Johnny... How about new boobs? Ooh, there were total boobs. Nice. I'm yeah. In fact, uh, we don't get to see her boobs, unfortunately. But the chick Aww. who played T'Pol in um, Star Trek Enterprise, which was the fourth Star Trek series, fifth doesn't matter, the Vulcan that everyone thought was hot, she was in it, and that was pretty good. All right. So now, fast forward a few years. I'll, you know what? I see Ryan's rolling his eyes. I'll get done. I with was it. not. <laughs> I'll, I get was done not. I'll get done. I literally wasn't. All right. Anyways, the next two films were both CGI. However. The uh, I feel like they were just kind of like an excuse to see how do we animate boobs? Because this, the fourth film, which I believe was Starship Troopers Invasion, and uh, that was a CGI film, and it had no returning voice actors, but I think the characters returned. Long story short, uh, it was I just remember there being a lot of shower scenes. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and then the final one was Starship Troopers 5, and it was called Starship Troopers uh, Something of Mars. <coughs> Mission of Mars, Descendant of Mars. Boobs on Mars. Uh, Boobies of Revenge Mars. of Mars. I don't remember. But that one, that one brought back the original guy, Johnny Rico, who played him again. And I, I swear to God, Van something. I'm going to have to look up his name. And um, the original girl who played Diz. Remember his girlfriend when she got killed? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So in this fifth one, uh, Diz is leading Johnny in his dreams and it turns out that it's just Carl Neil Patrick Harris character who is inserting his basic you know what I'm gonna ask what's up did she show her boobs it was CGI but no the answer is no but the point is it, it was CGI if you want to see boobs Fail. it's all about Don't Starship Troopers 4 Starship Troopers Invasion no I'm just saying she already did it once she might as well show them again not like they were big like there's no way there's any droopage going on <laughs> I love that actress, actually. She was in the first three Saw movies. Remember in the third Saw movie? Spoiler for the third Saw movie. She got I do. her chest rip open. Pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. love her. She's great. So anyways, I went on a tangent, and we're talking about the Nanangal? The what is it? The Mananangal. The Mananangal. I mean, no disrespect by mispronunciation. That is just a mouthful. Anybody reading how it's spelt would not fault you, my friend. The Mananangal. I had to study it. All right. Oh, okay, here we the go. The vampire woman from the Philippines. The Philippines vampire woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's most 
uh, unnerving feature is the ability to detach its upper torso from its lower body, allowing it to fly in search of its prey. Gross. The Menonengal preys on humans, particularly pregnant women and fetuses. They just taste better. Um, num, 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 fetuses. Mm, num, 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 num. Ah, I beat you to it. You I beat you to it. Mm, num, 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 fetus. Using its elongated tongue, it is said to puncture the abdomen of a sleeping victim and uh, feed upon the unborn child's blood or amniotic fluid. That's rough. The Mananangal also feasts on the entrails of its victims, leaving a gruesome trail in its wake of poop. <laughs> Despite its fearsome abilities, the Mananangal... Oh my god, I drank that water and it went down the rock too. I'm coming to your rescue, Joe! <laughs> Joe's dying, everybody. I basically inhaled a glass of water. That was You're... insane. Yeah, I'm good now. That was, that was rough. I'm glad I, I somehow missed all the equipment. Got on the floor. Went it's down fun. the wrong tube. Yeah, we're good. All, all right. right. Continue. <laughs> Be careful uh, when you take a sip of water, guys. The Mananunga also feasts on the entrails of its victims. Oh, yes. I already said that. Despite its fearsome abilities. Sorry, I'm thrown off by Joe almost dying. It's fine. The Mananunga is not without its weaknesses. To avoid... Wait, wait, hold you started speeding up, like, real quick. To avoid... Well, it doesn't mean it goes slow as hell. Detection during the day. Aha! Medium, Brian! It must reattach to its lower body before sunrise. Okay. We're just going to do that whole paragraph over again. Despite its fearsome abilities, the Mananangal is not without its weaknesses. To avoid detection during the day, it must reattach to its lower body before sunrise. Okay, see... Thank you. I, I feel like we needed to elaborate on that because that is like, that's a fun little myth, right? Indeed. So if you're fighting one, hypothetically, the sun's coming up. It's kind of like the scene in The Hobbit when he was trying to like distract the trolls long enough before the sun came up and they turned into <laughs> I'm stone. I'm just imagining someone just kicking it. <laughs> Stop. Get away. Hold that. Well, you kind of like, <laughs> you know, that. I'm reminded of like Jeepers Creepers 2 where he was hunting the thing and he had like a harpoon gun or something, right? Like, capture it. Don't let it get back to his legs. Well, dude, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll take the legs. Like, I'll, I'll just, like, grab a foot and run. See, there we go. While the thing's hunting me, Ryan's going to run over, grab it. You know what would be funny? Just bury him. Just, like, find a place, dig a hole, throw the, bury the legs. Thing comes back. Even if it kills me, it's like, oh, oh, shit. Where did my legs go? Ah! Do you think there's, like, some psychic connection between <laughs> your freaking legs and the rest of your body if you're a mamanumgal? If you're a Mananungold. If you're a Mananungold, I'm just saying, do you, would you know? Would you know if your legs have been kidnapped? Would I you assume, know, Ryan? I assume you would just because you're a Mananungold. That's your power. It's Well, it's possible. Think about it. Octopuses have like nine brains and they go through all of their limbs. It's part of the reason why they think octopuses did not originate from this planet. But that's a story for another day. Anyways. Um, so it could be that they have some built-in gps for their torso they're it, like oh shit someone stole my ass i mean if we're gonna believe <laughs> that it can separate and fly entrails hanging and blood sucking proboscis tongue i'm gonna go ahead and say it's not that much further out on that limb all right guys <laughs> i need you the public who are listening to this show i need you to contact us and tell us what you think does the mamanungal have a gps ass <laughs> <laughs> just wondering 
Just a GPS up its butt. Yeah. Or, you know, like, what is it? Like, birds have a little piece of metal in their head that helps them find, like, north because of yeah. magnetism, right? Yeah. So they got a GPS ass. I don't know what it is. They're just, their butt is just like, Torso, come find me. I have been moved. This way. They have put me in a closet. They thought I was simply pads. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to jump back into the Mananungal story because I got nothing to talk about more about its separated butt. Well, sir, you just don't know how to, like, you know. Right. Well, I just, yeah, I imagine it running around. Like, it, it obviously, it can't see where it's going. But, yeah, like, you're right. It's got to have some kind of jeepus. You know, when we were kids, there was a show called Cow and Chicken. And they had two parents that were just kind of, you only saw them from, like, the legs down, like, we're about the crotch area. And there was one episode where there yes. was the reveal yes. that that's all they were. The yes. camera showed above them, and it was just cut off, and they were just legs. You, That's what I'm imagining. You know that that was the best day ever for that whole team, that they got to do that. Because you the, know that was an ongoing joke probably in the office. Where they're like, you know, it's just they're actually just legs. And, and one day, they the finally the studio went, fuck fine, it, do it. Just fine, fuck it. Just do, do it. it. Just do it. Yeah, Dude, you know that was like the best day of their lives. Kind of like the guy who hung the, the Big Beaver Road Exit 69 on 75 here in Detroit. You know, that was the best day of their lives. I don't know what you're talking about on that. <laughs> oh, dude, there's it, totally Big Beaver Road is exit 69. Big Beaver Road right here in Detroit, baby. Is that a joke or is that just really what it is? It's straight up what it is. Huh. Now, someone someone really did. Yeah, you're right. The guy who the, uh, the was it the city, the city platter got a little chuckle of that one. Dude, that was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> And we and I and I celebrate it every time I travel by. But jumping back into the Mananangal, if the lower half is found and destroyed, whoa! See, this is what we we're talking about. While the Mananangal is hunting, it is unable to reattach and is left vulnerable to the sun's rays, resulting in its death. All right, so basically, just go around and look for legs. Pretty much, yeah. Be like, all right, guys, we just have what we need to get the Hobbit cloaks from Lord of the Rings where we can just look like rocks. So if a thing flies over, it can't see us. And then we just go leg hunting. Look like rocks. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Genius. All right, all right. I'm done with the movie references. I, I thought. I'm the, not. Oh, oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> this, that'll never, never end. All right. But hey, you know, what's funny is we talked for so long and we could have just read another paragraph. You're right. Sometimes I, I should fuck just it. shut up. Fuck it. <laughs> no, no, fuck it. Fuck it. The ability to detach its upper torso from its lower body, allowing it to... Uh, hold on, I just started over for no reason. The Mananangal has the Mananangal. played a significant role in Philippine folklore, often serving as a cautionary tale to scare children into obedience. Like, yeah, that, they know that seems to be their theory for a lot of monsters. We don't need no Mananangal. I mean, to be fair, I would totally eat my meat and my pudding. I didn't see what those fucking kids had such an issue with. <laughs> you, yes, you, stand still, Lottie. Sorry. Stories of the creature have been passed down through generations, both as oral narratives and in written accounts, such as Maximo Ramos's The Creatures of Philippine Lower Mythology, 
and Damiana Eugenio's Philippine Folk Literature, The Legends. I accidentally hit a button. <laughs> it sounded like Roger Rabbit. I don't know. Excuse me. That just made me laugh. It wasn't on purpose. In contemporary Philippine culture, the Mananungal has inspired and featured in various forms of media, including films like Mananungal in Manila, 1997, a classic. What is, mon, what is it? Mon, I know the name. but Mananungal in Manila. In Manila? Like, oh, there goes my phone. All right, I guess I'm not going to look it up. Continue. <laughs> and television series such as Once Upon a Time. I'm sure I got that right. Which had a, an impressive run from 1997 to 2005. All right, fair enough. Here we go. We've got an actual official report, an eyewitness encounter. What? Reported batwing Manananggal humanoid encounter creates panic in Talisay City, Philippines. This was last year, Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Yeah, so almost a year ago. That's crazy. Talisay City, Philippines police are attempting to quell panic in the metropolitan area after two girls claimed to have encountered a feared creature known locally as Travis. <laughs> Travis, you dick. Son of a bitch, Travis. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It was the Mananangal. Oh, the, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Context clues. Definitely the Mananangal. Definitely, oh. man, def, definitely. Cebu City, Philippines, while residents in Sishio Manga, Barangay, Dumlog, in Talisay City, a bit of a mouthful, believe that a mythical creature visits their area at nighttime. Police in the city are encouraging the public not to panic and refrain from spreading unverified reports. Ooh, they're covering it up. Yeah, see, oh, what, you mean the cops are saying don't talk about the UFOs? Yeah, that's a news story. Okay, move along, nothing to see nothing here. Nothing to see here. Talisay City Police continue to investigate the alleged appearance of the Menanungal in Sichiomanga, as claimed by some of the residents in the area. On Thursday, February 9, 2023, some of the residents claim that a the mythical creature known in the Philippines, is present in their village, allegedly seen by some of those who live there. Creepy. Pending their investigation, Police Lieutenant Colonel Randy Cabales, the chief of the Talisay City Police Station, asked the public for their cooperation and to remain calm. He has encouraged everyone to refrain from spreading unverified reports of the Mananungal's presence, as this may cause panic. Is it weird that the more that, that I hear that, the more I believe it? Well, it's true. Honestly, you mean, wait, hold on. The more you hear what? The more you hear the cops Of the cops being like, don't talk about it. Well, the more, yeah, okay. I Well, see, that's what I agree with. Also, but I, hold on. To play devil's advocate, though, if there is or isn't something, it still doesn't do any good to get people all panicked and like, uh, you know, like um, the mob mentality because they're going to go out and they might actually hurt somebody or, you know, actually, fuck it. I don't know. 
I'm on the fence. I have a really hard time deciding whether or not you should go after a monster because part of me is like, all right, maybe don't. And then the other part is like, well, we could be in our own version of Stranger Things. And if those little kids hadn't stopped that monster, that whole town would have been screwed. So I'm just saying it's tough to say. But you're right. The cops being like, nothing to see. Don't worry about it. Does give a little men in black feel of just like, what's it, really going and on? And winged creatures and stuff like that have been a part of folklore around the world. And we know that lizards can, like, drop their tails. So, like, what if, like, they just saw something freaky like that? Like, the thing freaked out, dropped its tail, like, like it's like dropped a reptilian. Its legs. Or something. I don't know, right? Like, well, who knows, Well, man? what I was kind of thinking is, like, uh, they always say, like, the reason why angels couldn't exist, right, is because their wings wouldn't be big enough to support the weight of the human body. That's kind of like the idea, right? <laughs> and if it wasn't angels, it was the reason why they won't, the, the reason why humanoid winged creatures would not exist. So, if you think about the fact that it would drop its legs, well, that would lose, like, almost half its weight, and then the wings would be big enough to to, to lift the body. So Yeah, my ass is definitely half my weight. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> do you get what I mean, though? It, it, uh, I do, me, I do. It's like, a, it's a little bit of a, it makes sense you're, you're biologically. Applying, you're applying logic to the mananungal that splits itself in half. I mean, it's kind of tough, man, because it's like last week we did the Jersey Devil, and there's people in sweet. Jersey who are straight up just like, you know, this thing is real. We didn't grow up in the Philippines. No. So, you know, I, I don't I, – I'm just going on what we've read. This is plausible, I would say, as far as a, a monster cryptid is concerned. You know, it's it's as plausible as any of the other ones we've covered. Do you remember the Naklavi? That thing is crazy. Naklavi. The Naklavi. I'm just saying, that thing was crazy. So, yeah. yes, that was probably one of my favorites that we did, too. Uh, that one in the Charman was terrifying. Eventually, uh, we pr- will probably do, like, an updated one on some of the classics. But, you know, we haven't run out of material yet. So, for now, the Mananangal. All the- right, jump- jumping right back in here. Uh, Talisay City Police uh, continue to investigate the alleged appearance of the Mananangal in Sishio Manga as claimed by some of the residents in the area. On Thursday, February 9th, 2023, some of the residents claimed that the mythical creature known in the Philippines is present in their village, allegedly seen by some of those who live there. Yeah. Pending their investigation, police, lieutenant, colonel... Did I read this already? I don't know. No, I think it's just repeating. Yeah, you may have read it already. I may have read it already. <laughs> what are you doing, Ryan? We talk too much, and then yeah, you lose, and then I you lose, lose my place. It, it, go below yeah, the picture. I'll just go below the picture. A Mananangal is a mythical creature in the Philippines whose upper body... It, so this is kind of like an overview. from. This must be from a separate article uh, that separates from its lower body. A video went viral on after an uploader posted this in his social media account. Cabales, in his statement, said that they received... The report about this incident on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Personnel from the Women and Children Protection Desk uh, immediately conducted an interview in the in the area. Based on their investigation, two female miners claim they saw this mythical creature. Quoting the investigation, the two miners went. Oh, my God. 
I the first time I read this article when I was putting it in the show notes, in my head it was two miners. Like they had little mining helmets. Not like they were oh two, not that they were two people who were under the age of eighteen. So in my head I was like, <laughs> it's weird that it was just two girl miners. And in my head I was like, Man, that must be a shitty place to live if they have to go into the mine when they're that young and you know, even the women go into the mine. Like, Think I've developed the black lung. Oh my god, that's stupid. Alright, miners, yes, young people. Continue. Two miners <laughs> went to a neighbor's house to get a Wi-Fi connection. Which makes a lot of sense, because why would miners uh, need a Wi-Fi connection? They're like, you know what, we can't get shit this they're, mine. They're so deep in the mine, Joe. <laughs> they're like, they don't, we, we need a, a real Wi-Fi connection. I can't even get a connection in a bathroom oh in Meyer. Dude, that is so genuine. Like, I had no, it. I just wasn't questioning it. I'm like, well, it's a different place to live, Joe. Don't judge. When they were on their <laughs> way back to their house from the mine car, they allegedly saw a, a Meta Nungal. Oh, that one almost tripped me. On top of the roof of a neighbor's house, a certain Albert Sampson, aged 71, Kabbalah said that police questioned Samson, but he said he did notice said that he did notice anything unusual at that time. Alright, we're gonna assume that's Dennett. Oh, yeah. that, so, that must have been a typo. Well, I didn't notice a phenomena on my ceiling. How do you say it again? Mananangal. I can't say Anyway. So he so he did so he didn't notice anything unusual at the time. What he did yes, you're right. That's what it said. Because it says what he heard though was the two miners. Shouting and crying. A couple of eight-year-olds with like mining helmets. Like mining helmets. To be honest, that's what Denim I was. Denim overalls. That's what I was imagining, man. I was like, "Fuck, I'm not from that area." Like that, that's that's a pickaxe on his back. <laughs> well, they're all dusty. You know. Yeah. What's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> you just got out of the mine. What'd yeah, you see? Well, a and ungo. We're eight-year-old miners. All right. All quite right, literally. All right, all right. I guess so for literal. that to have made sense, they would have been minor miners. Oh, all right. my God. All right. Yes. All right. Hold on. I got it, it, I like it. Does get funnier the more you read because it's like it didn't dawn on me. I know. Oh God, it's amazing. I'm sorry. This is great. Police also interviewed another neighbor whose house is close to Samson's, and he also claimed the same thing, so that they didn't see shit, but they saw the two miners crying. Your police force is doing its best efforts to shed light on this event. Like you, we are also hoping to find the answers to our question. Kabale said. The two young girls who allegedly saw a mythical creature called the Menenengal in Telesay City will undergo a stress debriefing. That's, uh, that seems like a scary thing. I was going to say, uh, scary not traumatizing term. at all. This is a stress debriefing. Like, I don't even know. That, that just sounds horrible. 
Uh, this was disclosed by Mayor Gerald Anthony Samson Gullis on Friday, February 10th of 2023. Uh, Gullis uh, said that the city social welfare and development will undertake the debriefing and counseling after distributing relief packs to the almost 100 families who were affected by the fire that uh, struck Barangay San Roque on Monday night, February 6, 2023. Gullis advised the the Talisanans to keep praying and be vigilant not only against evil creatures, but also criminal elements. If you didn't have enough to worry about, you know, you might get your blood sucked by a mosquito half lady or, you know, robbed. Yeah, while you're at it, don't get robbed. <laughs> yeah, Watch your back, everybody, it. if you would. Yeah. Uh, we've got enough to do here with Mononungals and shit. The uh, Tallahassee City it's like, Police. How do you divide that <laughs> budget, right? Where it's like, all right, well, half this money goes to allocating to jails and stopping normal crime. And the other half... um. Look, if you just see a giant mosquito, spray it in the face. I don't know what to tell you. And 10%. Don't fuck it. Sir, Parks and Rec <laughs> needs 10%. Parks uh... and Rec. <laughs> Meanwhile, urge the people to maintain their composure amid stories circulating in public about the Mananangal, who appeared in front of the two young girls around 8 p.m. Tuesday, February 7th, 2023, in Manga. Barangay Dublock. I love this place because they have way too many names for where they're at. They also well, dude, it's because it's a group of islands. That's true. Yeah, so it's it's like they can't help it. They they're not drawing the lines on a map, man. Those are just that's the coast. Yeah, it's it's alien to me, man. Uh, it's cool though. Ding. They also ask the people not to spread false information that could create public anxiety. Tallahassee City Police Chief Lieutenant Colonel Randy Cabales said the people in... Lieutenant Randy Cabales. Dude, he sounds like a badass. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Said that the people in Sishio Manga began to panic after the two children went home terrified and reported that they saw the mythical creature on top of their neighbor's roof. I mean, you got to take certain things seriously. If your kid comes home and he's like, dude, I saw a monster. Be like, holy shit. All right, let's all hide in the closet. I, I'm listening to my kid. You know what I don't know why? Stranger things. Well, dude, your kids know what's going on. You don't. You're just the dumb adult in their world. <laughs> I, think we've, I think I've said it once before or twice before on this. Kids are, are, are creepy. Kids you, are you, creepy. You put kid, uh, creepy kids in a situation where it, it becomes that much Even more creepy. creepy. Yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. way more creepy. Yeah. So it ends here with uh, Kabbalah said that their investigation is still ongoing and that they have not yet obtained any evidence regarding the so-called Mananangal. Mananangal. So yeah, man, I mean, there's still reports of it, so obviously people believe it. I mean, it's like you have werewolves as folklore, but as far as I know, there's no one in the world where it's like, like, no, really, there's there's like werewolves here. I mean, that's why I like the Jersey Devil last week is because there are people who are like, no, there is the Jersey Devil. That's why I like Bigfoot. People are like, no, there is Bigfoot. So I give a little respect to uh, a folklore where the people around are still like, yeah, fuck around. Um, you're going to get eaten. Like I said, who am I to disclose what it could be? I have no idea. I have no, you know, my opinion is I don't close the door on anything. And like I said, like, who knows? Like, like we, we're constantly finding crazy crap 
that we don't we can't explain. So, like I said, who, who's to think that there isn't something that can exist in the Philippines, one of the many islands, like in the remote islands there? I'm sure that there could be a whole slew of them. We're always discovering new species. So, so who knows? Who does? Who does? I agree. Uh, but so Is that, that's I mean. What? I'm sorry, I, I, but that was pretty much it I had. What did you have? Uh, all I had to say is that uh, technically, so last week we talked about, uh, I mentioned giant sloths. Giant sloths. And the fact that they could still exist, and Joe was in doubt. So I would like to think, that, and here's what's cool, there was kind of a hidden spooky stuff a little bit in the actual uh, folklore of the giant sloth. All right, so... To be clear, is this giant sloths may still exist, and that you got you found an article? Is that what we're doing? Yes, and uh, like I said, there's also a little bit of uh, folklore that goes along with the yeah with possibility the that right. it could be there. All right, well, you heard it, guys. We are doing a new segment, which is sloth talk. Sloth talk. All right, this article comes to us from. All that's interesting.com. Meet the Megatherium, the adorable 13 foot sloth that ruled the prehistoric Amazon. They just ruled that shit. Totally ruled, brah. The Megatherium roamed South America for some 5.3 million years before it fell victim to, victim to mass extinction. Though some rainforest natives claim to have seen a similar creature roving through the trees. The year is 9000 BC. Humongous cave bears, saber toothed tigers, and massive antlered Irish elk roamed the grasslands and forests of South America. Why did Irish elk roam South America? Did they commute? How did Irish elk get there, Ryan? Like I can't do a good Irish. <laughs> I wish I could do a good, but I'd be like, I, we're trying to figure out the same fucking thing. Oh, no. <laughs> like, how the like fuck how, did you, we get you here? Always slip into Scottish. Or, like, yeah, uh, I don't know why. I'm terrible. Mike Myers. Yeah, you're right. I don't yeah, know why. I'm terrible. It, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, can't do it. I yeah. wish I could do one, but I can't. Uh, the uh, the but what? The, but the biggest of all the Megatherium, an elephant-sized ground sloth, not an air sloth. Yes, not to be confused with those damn water sloths. Damn <laughs> water sloths. God damn. It's like, dude, that's a whale. Water, water sloths is what sloths. we call them. Oh, man. The Megatherium. To be fair, though, a sloth as big as an elephant would blow my mind it, to see that. It, it would scare the shit out of you, right? The <sighs> Megatherium was one of the largest ground mammals ever to have existed. The Megatherium dominated the continent's southern grasslands and lightly forested areas and was something of a king of the mammals for thousands of years before a mass extinction event wiped it from the planet. Or did it? Or did it? Was that the end of the Permian period, do you think? No idea. That was the uh, supervolcano in um, Siberia. I honestly don't know. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Continue. Uh, it would not be until 1788 that the Megatherium would be seen again after the mass extinction event that wiped out prehistoric mammals, animals like the woolly mammoth and the saber-toothed tiger too. It was then that the archaeologist named Manuel Torres discovered a rare fossil specimen on the banks of the 
Lujan River in eastern Argentina. Though he did not immediately recognize it, he deemed it worth further study and sent it back to the base of study at the Museo Nacional de Ciencias Naturales, the Spanish National Museum of Natural History. Wish I would have read that part first. Yeah, that was pretty good, huh? Thank you. Yeah, I did no. take a couple years of Spanish. I don't. I'm, I'm decent with Spanish. I don't know if that's true or not because I I don't know much. You know, what's funny is my kid's gonna be bilingual because my you know my child is more Spanish than anything else because my wife's half. Isn't that weird? That Anyways, is weird. Um. So what I was going to say is, though, that makes sense, right? Like, he's like, okay, I cannot identify this giant bone, right? But right. I I could tell it's nothing that is ordinary. So, yeah, send it off to your colleagues. I mean, that makes sense. And this happened in Madrid, Spain. Madrid. Madrid. Right. Uh, there, it was assembled into its most likely arrangement and mounted for display. A museum employee also created a... Uh, thorough sketch. I'm saving this image of the animal to further study it. This is the actual bones. I'm going to show Joe real quick. Uh, I'll we'll post it later. Yeah, we'll post this on our Facebook. We'll and uh, yeah, I mean, it looks to me like it would be a giant mammal. I mean, unfortunately, I am not. I I don't know what kind of scientist would just be a simple biologist or what to, who figures out how muscle goes on bone and kind of figures out like what an That's animal thing, looks right? like, right? But it has a mouth to me that looks a lot like uh, what would be like a mole rat or a sloth, or and the skull too. Like I, I definitely see rodent in there, I was so I say, do, yeah. I do get why they're like this is the giant sloth. I mean, it doesn't look the same as. And they said it like our atmosphere used here. to be a lot thicker, so it was possible for bigger things to exist. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That makes sense. Well, there's one thing. Uh, I, I don't want to talk too much out of my ass, but our, our world our planet has gone through several different ages yeah and one of the ages was bugs like giant bugs like all that existed Horrifying. was trees and bugs like other planets because it was so much oxygen yeah and uh so there was and it's kind of funny because a lot of the coal deposits that exist now are just from that era where it was just yeah literally it was so many trees and they grew and this was before the uh whatever bacteria it is that helps break down what trees are as I know it sounds silly. So at one point, all these trees are just falling over each other, but not rotting away like they do today. And it just became piles and piles of trees. And then, you know, over time land goes over it and they get sink. And those ended up being the, the coal deposits. I kind of destroyed that, but that is straight. Neil no, deGrasse no, Tyson. no, dude, the, the time, time. No, you're, you're on point, dude. Uh, it, it, it's amazing we find what we do. The earth just swallows shit up, dude. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, before long, the fossil caught the eye of esteemed French paleontologist George Cuvier. Ah. Cuvier was intrigued by the sketch of the creature and used it to oh, further explore. What the fuck is these? <laughs> it's anatomy and taxonomy. Tax Taxonomy. I want to check out its anatomy. And over time, he managed to create. Sorry, I'm just. I'm trying to keep on this. Uh, create a more com complete picture of the Megatherium's history. Okay, fair enough. In 1796, just eight years after the Megatherium had been discovered, Cuvier published the first paper on it. In this paper, Cuvier theorized that the Megatherium was a giant sloth, perhaps an early ancestor of the modern equivalent. 
Initially, he believed that the Megatherium used its claws to climb trees, as modern-day sloths did. However, he later amended his theory and hypothesized instead that the sloth was much too large to climb trees and likely used its claws to dig subterranean holes and tunnels. That makes sense, but if, uh, you know, maybe the originally they did climb trees. Like, back in the era I was talking about when everything was just trees, that would be interesting. They could mm-hmm. climb that. So maybe trees were just bigger. Maybe. You know, you know if everything was like Redwood Forest. Because even though, I mean, I guess not a huge elephant, but I just, I've seen the Redwoods, and I, I think a giant sloth would climb that. I mean, yeah, and there's binary and stuff like that. I haven't been there myself, but, I mean, I've seen movies. Congo. <laughs> Congo, fair enough. That's definitely not the Redwoods, but I'm with you. Ugly gorilla, go away. Sorry. No, Congo's great. Congo's, Congo's an amazing Congo's movie. Great. Are you kidding me? You know what's funny is it's it's not received as an amazing movie. Like it doesn't have a high Rotten Tomato score, and uh, a lot of people were not a fan of the Congo. Don't want anybody peeking. I really like that film. As I well. fucking love that movie. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know Bruce Campbell was in that. Oh yeah. Oh, there goes away. Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was the boyfriend in the beginning who died. Yeah, you he was did. The know, one. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly who he was. Oh, well done. Groovy. Dude, nice. dude, yeah. All right, with this explanation, a picture of the Megatherium as it existed began to form. A sloth the size of an elephant with giant, powerful claws that lived mostly on and under the ground. With further study, scientists began to discover its habitat, diet, and reproductive cycle. And picture became... How did you figure that out? I ask that all the time about a lot of things that they say where I'm like, now hold the fuck on. <laughs> like, like so, how? Now, now, wait a minute there. Like, with this telescope on this planet and stuff, we were able to figure out that there's this element. Like, with, just by looking at it? Okay, hold on. That I actually can logically explain to you. For another time. No, no, no. No, let me try. Let me okay, try. Okay, let's all do right, it. Right. Let's do all it. Right. Long story short, they get a microscope... And it's connected to a telescope, right? Well, that didn't make sense. But the point is they look at a telescope and they look at a planet. And they look at it so, so deeply. And then they shoot light through it. A prism. The prism breaks up the light that is reflected from the planet. And they could read the light of that that comes through the prism like a barcode. And depending on the width of the light band and the color, that determines different elements in the atmosphere and how much. Did I make that make sense? I just got scienced. Yeah, did, did I make that make sense, though? You did, though. Okay, that is that is uh, astrophysics at its purest. That so. makes more sense than I could than I had any idea of, honestly. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I didn't explain the first part well, but basically they look at a planet, they put the light under a microscope, they read the light through a prison, that makes a barcode. Barcode reads, tells you what, what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Science! Science! (laughs) Science! The Megatherium likely lived across the continent of South America, from southern Argentina all the way down to Colombia. Full-grown individual creatures likely weighed upwards of four tons the weight of an average male elephant, making it the largest land mammal second only to the woolly mammoth. All right, so maybe it couldn't climb a tree. Continue. Yeah, it probably (laughs) walked most of its life on four legs, though it is believed that it could stand on its hind legs in order to reach treetops and high foliage to feed its herb- herbivorous diet. When it stood, the Megatherium would have been upwards of 13 feet tall. Oh, shit! 
Due to its immense size, it's likely that the Megatherium moved slowly, like the sloths of today. It was likely one of the slowest creatures in its environment. In looks, it was quite similar to the modern sloth, though with facial characteristics of another one of its descendants, the anteater. Okay, so it had kind of an elongated face? In fact, it was in part Megatherium's resemblance to more modern creatures that got Darwin thinking about the theory of evolution. Okay, that makes sense, but like, I just, I, every picture in, I've seen of the giant Megasoth, it never looked like an anteater face. I've seen some with like kind of a horse face, like an elongated nose. Huh. Like a snout. Weird. Like, yeah, I always kind of, like, almost like a furry, like, like without the armor, armadillo. Like a furry, long, kind of... Yeah, you play too much Pokemon, man. So, like, you're coming up with a hybrid creature, and you're like, clearly, this is this is what the thing okay. looked like. This was the Chimera. Let me explain. I <laughs> through Megatherium. <laughs> Megatherium. I choose you. <laughs> giant sloth. <laughs> oh. Fuck, Giant Sloth is just big. It got zapped by that light. That Use Harden. No, yeah. wait, no, no, stop. Aww. The Megatherium lived in large groups, though individual fossils have been found in isolated locations such as caves. It Fucking gave birth... hippies living in communes. It gave birth to live young, as most other mammals do, and <laughs> likely continues. <laughs> Not allowed to give birth to zombies, man. <laughs> Oh, God. I can't laugh because I lose my damn place. Oh, and likely continued living in familial groups while their young matured. Due to the lack of predators, they outweighed and likely could kill saber-toothed cats and other small carnivores. They lived a quiet and probably diurnal lifestyle. Yeah, they're chill. They're kind of a sloth, you know? Yeah. You know, there's a film called Slother House. I'm so sure it's like is. slaughterhouse, but with a sloth. I, I think this is the second. Uh, you brought this up before. All right, and it's a it's a sorority, and they're they're, they're oh, there's a giant sloth that gets wronged, and then the sloth murders them one by one. And it's real. Now I know for for real. I remember you. This slaughterhouse. Is the second time Joe's brought up slaughterhouse. Apparently, we need to see this, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, any movie where they get some silly animal. And they make it like, all right, so there's this, it's it's called Raccoon. Uh, it's like called, it's a raccoon train. And, and I don't know what to tell you guys. It's a puppets of raccoon that are like a heist on a train. And it is just the greatest thing in the entire world. All right, I'm sorry. I'll stop talking about this. Continue, Ryan. I'm enjoying you talking about the train. <laughs> <laughs> Further, the Megatherium wasn't much of a picky eater. The gigantic herbivores didn't have to compete with smaller mammals for food as they had the advantage of height and procuring food from distances that smaller mammals simply couldn't. They could tolerate and adapt to various types of plants as well as allegedly nibble on the occasional carcass. So that's not... carcass. That is not an herbivore then. Uh, it's I, an omnivore. Yeah, I was going to say, that is definitely a little bit of both there, so I disagree already. Which allowed the Megatherium to migrate and thrive all over the continent for 5.3 million years. So good, good job. Damn. So what, or perhaps who, 
led to this resilient mammalian forces extinction. Here's one little example. Like, like, see how it like looks more. Yeah, it's got a weird prehistoric kind of look to it. All right, yeah, it looks like a little bit of a dog face. Yeah, going you on. know what I mean. They've got that weird bulbous face thing going on. That that like before nature figured out how to make them cute kind of thing. Uh, in roughly 8,500 BC, the Earth experienced a quaternary extinction event during which most of the Earth's large mammals disappeared. The Irish elk and saber-toothed tiger went extinct during this time as well as mammoths within the confines of the continents as some survived for several thousand more years in remote island areas. And, of course, the megatherium went extinct during this time as well. These giant ground sloths were thought to have survived in more remote areas for at least another 5,000 years following this extinction, though. Okay, yeah, Same great. Same as mammoths. They're not here. They're not here, Ryan. The whole th- reason why we started this is you said they, was, they might still exist here. Not done. All right. Scientists are still wait, not... Wait, wait, can I take a second and tell you something? Maybe. All right, you remember that, that movie I was just talking about with the raccoons on the train? Yes. All right, this is, <laughs> do you remember that thing that just happened? Yeah, all right. So this is the best tagline for any movie ever. Dark. Looks like I've bitten off more than I can choo-choo. <laughs> oh, my fuck. <laughs> that movie's amazing. All right, so the movie's called, by the way, Killer Raccoons 2. Dark Christmas in the dark. I will put it on our Facebook. All right, continue. I'm shaking my head as loud as I can. As loud as I can. Scientists are still not entirely sure what accounts for this mass extinction as it does occur simultaneously within uh, glacial, interglacial climate change. Ooh, interglacial. Instead, the extinction of the megatherium seems more to have been the work of the <laughs> emergence. This is just worded oddly. Uh, the emergence of mankind. The um, hold, on, hold on. The emergence of mankind. <laughs> Murderer of all other species. Behold our shittiness upon this planet. We're the worst. Indeed, megatherium fossils have been found with cut marks on them, suggesting that they were hunted by humans. Mmm, delicious. So they were around when we were around. All right. Well, it makes sense. We hunted mammoths. Why the hell wouldn't we hunt this thing? Whatever the reasons for their disappearance, scientists have long believed that the elephant-sized sloths have been out of commission for at least 4,000 years. However... Rumors of giant sloths living deep in the jungles of South Africa have emerged. Those who live in and around the Amazon rainforest have long passed down stories of a dangerous beast. Here's where we get into a little bit of spooky stuff here. Spooky stuff. They call the Mapanguari a giant sloth. The Mapanguari? The Mapanguari. Interesting. Maybe Mapanguari. Ends with an I. Mapanguari. That's pretty good. A giant sloth-like creature who is over seven feet tall with matted fur and large, sharp claws. They claim it tramples foliage and brush and roars out of a giant second mouth on its stomach. 
Okay, well, see, now we get, like, where I'm less believing it. Well, that's why I say, well, here's where we get in the spooky stuff. It's like, it's a giant sloth in every way, except it has another mouth in its stomach. You know what I am reminded of? Class of Nukem High 2, which we won't get into right now, but there's mouths on stomachs. Stomach mouth aside, the description of the Mepinguari is actually quite similar to the descriptions of the Megatherium. Except it's got a fucking mouth on its stomach. Well, like, literally, here's a picture of... We'll post this, too. I'll post all these. So, here's your problem. It looks w- what if What if your eyewitness totally was right and saw this, but also happened to be on mushrooms? And he didn't want to tell anyone he was on mushrooms, because then he would lose all credibility. What, what if they were, like, marsupial-like, and they had, like, a pouch, and... and tribal people weren't used to, to to seeing that so maybe when it stood up and it like maybe it made a noise if it was that's what it said is it was it was slow but it was able to sound aggressive to scare off saber so maybe when it roared they couldn't help but see like a flap open on its tummy and they like mistook it for like a second mouth hey or that or like what if it was like a you know like you said a marsupial so like a joey situation yeah they didn't know any well, better i i don't in i don't know if this is real if they actually pop up but in cartoons they make it seem like you could just hop in and ride so if that's the case maybe just like the baby popped up and they you know, hissed or opened its mouth and then it would look like there was a mouth on its stomach well yeah and that's what i'm saying is like that's where my mind went to when i read this earlier i was like man see i assumed the guy was on mushrooms you're more trusting than me. Well, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, we don't know, right? Like, because that's flesh. We wouldn't know if it had a pouch from its bones. We would have no idea. This could be, like, some crazy hybrid. So, anyways, I'll continue. And uh, based on what we just said, it's that several drawings of the Mapinguari are hard to discern from those of the Megatherium. Some experts have they do theorized. Look alike. They do. That the initial Mapinguari sightings many years ago may, in fact, have been Megatherium that survived extinction and by su- sequestering themselves okay, within yeah. the shelter of the rainforest, which is huge. Okay, so yeah, I mean, in the middle of the rainforest, there being something that exists, I mean, that's why I'm holding out for a real-life Fern Gully situation. I get you. It's Not starring like Zendaya, apparently. Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Dude, don't get me started. I effing love... But like. You Fern, love Fern Gully. You know what's Fern weird? Gully, like the sound, the soundtrack is on my rotation. Okay, <laughs> I watched that film recently, and I loved it so much as a kid. And I got, I am the nostalgia guy. Like, if you were to see my office slash library, I have, I have, Are You Afraid of the Dark chapter books? I have all the Avatar: The Last Airbender novels. I have, I have nine. Excuse me. Yeah, nine Firefly books from the 2000 Josh Whedon series. I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm a nerdy guy. So it's like when it comes to nostalgia, I'm right there. I tried rewatching certain things, and I just as much as I love them, I can't rewatch them. And I feel like Fern Gully is one of those things. The you've been abused me, battered damn bruised me, bright fires, green wires, suck them right through me. That's right. That was the bat. That was Ron Williams, wasn't it? It totally was. Well done, and, and, uh Cheech and Chong were the Beetle Boys. Of course they were. Never go above the canopy. Never go above the canopy. Nope. And then, of course, we have Tim Curry as... I knew Tim Curry was Marillax or something. He's Marillax. (laughs) I like Marillax. I'm the black shits. I'm what comes out of your butt when you drink too much. Toxic low. Toxic butt. (laughs) 
dude. Anyway, <laughs> as many theorize that the mass extinction event was in part caused by human invasion of their habitat, it would make sense that some could survive by avoiding populated areas. I mean, honestly, we almost hunted the buffalo to extinction, so it's very easy to believe that we almost hunted these things to extinction. Very much. Uh, if the megatherium truly did evade extinction, then the modern-day interpretation of the Mapinguari is most likely an exaggerated report blown out of proportion through a generations-long game of what Telephone. We... Yep. Well, I was going to say a favorite on this podcast is the game of telephone, which we truly believe it, that that's a, that should always be a major factor in any kind of folklore. Yeah, it's in the film, you know, world, it would be like, you know, when you make a copy of a copy of a copy and you're just your footage just gets worse and worse and worse. The resolution gets terrible. You know, it's the same thing. It's like the story gets told. And then you're not telling the original story. You're telling what you remember hearing from when you were told the story. And then the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the same thing. And suddenly a story about a dude who has, uh, you know, an issue, an albino who has an issue of sunlight and has to take iron pills because his blood, you know, isn't great. Well, now he's a vampire. Well, and, and that's what I've got on that. So I thought it was really cool that it had a bit of a folklore spooky stuff. To it, the Mapinguari, along uh, with the giant sloth. All right, all right. So that, that worked is, out great. Yeah. So I apparently the giant sloth still might exist somewhere in South. Oh my Africa. God! Really? Do you? Re did I really make a believer out of you? Um, not quite, because it was just like a paragraph. But I I wanted a report that said that people saw it and you found one. So there you go. I you know I feel like you understood the assignment. Is, is what I'll say. Well, and we're just now finding all this, I don't want to get too much into this, crazy structures in the Amazon that, like, predate the Egyptian Empire. Like, we're constantly finding shit that we have no idea. Like, just, like, so anyways, but, uh, but yeah, that, so that's what I've got on the giant sloth. So that's the end of spooky stuff for this week. And uh, I would kind of well, no, like... No, 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 no. We did spooky stuff. Uh, yeah, this was... That was Sloth Talk. Oh, yeah. It was Sloth Talk. That definitely wasn't the same one. I was Either way, I liked to. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well done. Yeah, that was Slop Talk. But now I would go ahead and like to introduce for myself. R Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Oh, What do you want to introduce? What do you, what do you, what do you want to introduce? <laughs> what did I ruin? The thing that you just, that you just said. Oh, because I just said it. In that... There's a guy walking through the snow <sighs> outside, and it looks like he's not having a good time. He fell over, now he's bleeding, hit his head, I think he's gonna die. Yeah, I think he's dead. Gonna call the cops. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, he's fine. Because I'm fine. rolling dirty. All right, but real quick, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the next up is Ryan saying... Disclosure. Discussion. All right, I'm even gonna hit a button for this one. Hold on, you ready? Disclosure. Discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that shit warps my voice so much that I don't know how to, like, my, I don't know why my voice sounds so crazy deep. Because, uh, well, it, I'm sure you know if you listen to the show, but Ryan is a metal singer, and he can go really deep. He could do the growl where you could actually talk in, like, this really kind of roary thing. So... 
when I do the 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 button that makes him Rory, it throws him. Like Ryan, do if, go ahead. Like talk uh, talk. Uh, I don't know if I could do that right now. I haven't. Uh, uh, I haven't really worked on my voice in quite a while. I say you pretty much nailed it. You got the growl. Thank you. Freaking metal music, man. Let's listen to ska. That's bouncy and has brass instruments. Anyways, like I said, here is Ryan's. Oh, Ryan's. Oh, Ryan's. I guess it doesn't work. Oh, it did it afterwards. Well, that's shitty. It doesn't like you. All right, fuck it. This is Ryan's disclosure discussion. A newly surfaced video of an alleged unidentified anomalous phenomenon resembling a jellyfish has sky watchers, pilots, and experts. I, I really want you to say that that whole thing again. The anomalous anomalous phenomenon? Anomalous. I said it right. Yeah, I know, but it was funny. Enjoy. That's the way it goes. I enjoyed the sentence. Say the a sentence. A newly surfaced video of an alleged unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Anomalous phenomenon. That's a lot of fun. All right, I'm done. Resembling a jellyfish has sky watchers, pilots, and experts wondering what it is. All right, so to be clear, guys, uh, th- we talked about this a little bit on uh, other shows in the last two weeks. This is this weird UFO that kind of resembles a jellyfish, or it looks a little bit like the, the probe droid that landed on Hoth. Yeah, that landed on Hoth at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. And the thing is, you can't see it with the naked eye. What is it, only heat signature, or what is it? Yeah, yeah, thermal imaging. So you can only see it in thermal imaging, and they have this video, and it shows this thing crossing the base, and at first you think it might be a smudge, but it's clearly not. It it moves separate from the camera, and uh, that's what we're talking about. So continue, Ryan. Uh, The buzz has been so big, so this is kind of an update. Sort of. Update. Not shit of an update, but an update. I'm dating your up. The buzz has been so big, the Pentagon responded, issuing a statement saying... No comment. (laughs) Come on, guys. And that it wouldn't verify the video's authenticity. No shit. That's it. That's the update. I love it. That's the update? That's the update. So basically, the government said nothing. But... I kind of like the way this guy goes with this. The Pentagon response, or lack thereof, has only fueled further speculation. Duh. The video in question was released by investigative journalist Jeremy Corbell. You. Ryan's best friend. A prominent figure in the UFO community known for his work and investigations into UAPs. Corbell says military pilots shot the footage over a U.S. Joint Operations Base in Iraq around 2018. According to Corbell, the object was officially designated a UAP by the Pentagon, and the footage was taken with thermographic, forward-looking infrared radar. Once again, the human eye could not see it. It had to get all hot. This, this all comes to us from News Nation, by the way. In a statement, Departure of Defense... DOD. Departure of Defense? Sorry. Department of <laughs> Defense, DOD. Spokesperson Sue Goff stated 
we do not comment on the authenticity of alleged DOD material that may have been leaked. Despite this, she emphasized the DOD's commitment to openness and accountability while balancing the necessity to protect sensitive information, leaving some to wonder about the apparent contradiction. Yes, Cor- I, Bell said, I pondered that contradiction. Indeed, <laughs> that's why I'm like, even reading this hurts. Perhaps pondering needs to happen. Hmm. What a lying whore. Think, no, I'm kidding. Think, think, <laughs> what a dumb <laughs> dick. Corbell said the DOD has not debunked the video because it's likely on the verge of confirming its authenticity. I love Jeremy. He always reaches real. He reaches for the stars. Just like every dreamer should. The reason why they're not at this point able to deny it is because absolutely they're going to have to confirm it, he said. My best interpret my, my best impression of him. Uh Corbell emphasized his and journalist George Knapp's three and a half year long effort to develop sources and verify the leaked material. We have done our due diligence and our DOD will have to put it in the corner, he said. They have to be honest with the American public on this video. The video has sparked conflicting narratives. Uh, Michael Sinoski, a Marine who spoke with News Nation, was an intelligence surveillance reconnaissance tactical controller. I love that title. Yeah, say that one again. Did the us in, <laughs> intelligence surveillance reconnaissance tactical controller at the base in Iraq in 2018. Dude, that's like the biggest nameplate on your desk ever. That would be really funny, right? Like you walk into somebody's office and it's like the width of the desk. <laughs> and I believe I heard this dude on Weaponized, which is Jeremy Corbell's uh, podcast, when they talked about this. So he, I heard this guy actually uh, appear on on phone call on with it, and it was cool to listen to him. Uh, he said that the full video, and that there was a full video, and that the soldiers weren't sure what to make of it. What the hell is that? Sinoski says the video was taken from an aerostat, an intelligence surveillance balloon that looks like a blimp and was over the base. It has cameras on it to keep a lookout for threats. However, Corbell countered this claim, stating that the video was confiscated immediately after being filmed. Uh, There was a dramatic set of events that occurred, he said. It was confiscated immediately from the aerostat that was filming above the base. So what you are seeing is the first ever designated UAP by our government and multiple governments UAP or UFO. It's an incursion of a military base in a combat zone. All right, nailed that one, I guess. Damn. That was my Corbell impersonation. I've listened to him quite a bit. Uh, There are more videos. You're not seeing it, he said. I'm going to be able to tell inside of the right facility exactly where our Senate Intelligence Committee can find the rest of the videos. Corbell said the extended video is approximately 30 minutes long and allegedly shows the UFO's transmedium capability. It's abrupt. This is what I want to see. It's abrupt descent into the water for 17 minutes and it's rapid departure. This is the shit I want to see. All right, so dude. that's not in the actual video no, that we've seen. No. Because we did see this video. 
the one that was been released. Um, so clearly, when it dives into the water and it pulls out, in, uh, that would kill us. The inertia would uh, of just the sudden stop and difference of us entering the water and even just accelerating and changing direction. And then it at, shooting off at a at 45 speeds, degree yeah. angle. Dude, that's the we shit. We would turn I into see. jelly. So that means that the spaceship, if there's uh, biological intelligent creatures inside that ship, then that would mean that they would have to have inertial dampers. And if it is not, if it is a robot, if it is AI, if it is like a, a probe drone, or a yeah. drone, then. Like well, then, then but... just the flying in and in of itself is impressive, and that's why the government wants to. They're like, we want vehicles if, that can do that. What if it's an existing like reconnaissance probe, like from a from like a whole exist like a whole thing? Okay, you're not actually saying anything. Like a whole planet that died, like a whole race that already got annihilated, but their probes are still out there, like doing what they were programmed to do. Well, I mean, it's entirely possible. Like the Hubble I just left our uh, solar system a few like it was a couple of years ago, right? So, oh, the Hubble did. Yeah, the Hubble telescope, right? The one we sent out. Am I? I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I thought that was Voyager. 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 Yeah. I'm losing my mind. The point no, is, good. we that sent was the one it out. That took the picture of us as like a star. Oh right, yes, and yeah. that is also the one where uh, it went into inter- interstellar they had, space. Yeah, they had. Yep, you were absolutely right. You know, and they uh, Carl Sagan, they made the the recording, the gold recording of all the sounds and people saying. You're good. We've got a left. million sh- space junk out there. It's you know, okay. what's funny is it's <laughs> just because I'm such a I'm such a movie guy. Obviously, you know. Uh, I get sometimes weird things mixed up, and I'm just like, was that Indiana Jones or was that real? Fuck. <laughs> so, News Nation special correspondent Ross uh, Colthart uh, called the Pentagon's response to this video very revealing. I must say, it's very revealing for what it doesn't say. It doesn't reveal a cate- categorical denial, he said. It doesn't reveal a categorical denial. It's the last resort of a government's and intelligence services when they don't want to answer a question. Essentially, it's either neither a confirm nor deny. Yeah, right on. So what they're basically speculating on here is just the simple fact that they're not making a comment means that they're on the verge of disclosure, essentially, which is why this is... Ryan's disclosure discussion. I only say what we've got, and I trust in Jeremy Corbell right now because this dude is—he's got so much to lose. And and look at all the research he's done. He waited until 2024 to release this footage, and obviously he waited for a good reason. He wanted to be prepared. And when I listened to his uh, podcast, uh, uh, weaponized. He actually had, they actually did one last year for this jellyfish UFO, but they decided to shelve it because they didn't, they weren't a hundred on all of their resource, on their source material. So they waited and then he was able to do some further research and he was able to figure that out that he finally released it. So that's why I put it in disclosure discussion. I'm, I'm trying my best to only really talk about things that as far as I can tell, this is what we got. This is the facts. Yeah, see, I personally, I hate nowadays because I hate politics and I hate people and I hate, I just hate all that shit, right? I don't like reality. I like escapism. So for me, I love the ancient alien theory more. Like, I really get into that. Like, I really get into speculation of like, 
you know, what were the parent were the pyramids along with our obelisks that are made out of crystal granite, an actual pulse generating power plant. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the stuff I like. Or like a pre-Diluvian society is like what, was Atlantis real? Like that I believe Atlantis was real. Uh, me you know what? I I don't know if it was the definition of what Plato wrote down, but the idea of there being, once again, a pre-Diluvian society. I mean, there's the game, excuse me, we play with the idea now of that happening, where something destroys the world, and then we have a sci-fi movie that takes place a thousand years in the future, like Battlefield Earth, obviously. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West and Horizon Zero Dawn, it takes place like thousands of years in the future after mankind was killed by robots, essentially. I, it's just the idea of that people accept District in sci-fi. Yeah, well, District 9? That was a good one. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It was a future with aliens. Do you not understand the, the simple basics of what we're saying here? Perhaps not. <laughs> All right. I feel like I lost you. I feel like you you kind of like zoned out. Well, Pogo growled well, at me to, to pet him, and the, I've been petting Pogo. You've been petting the dog. All yes. right. Fair enough. Sorry. All right. To catch you up, Ryan, what I'm saying is the idea of a society existing and then getting destroyed thousands of years later, the ancestors being like, ooh, it's a myth, like Atlantis. Well, in, yeah. the, in the games that I was referring to... Uh, that is the case where our world is that is Atlantis essentially, and the game takes place in a far future. So Waterworld, exactly. But Waterworld, if they were exploring more of the ruins under the water, and not just the one scene where Kevin Costner went down there, like the only time that they really utilize the fact that he has gills, <laughs> like arguably the best part about the movie, they use it like once or twice. All right, well, I'm going to get into the Waterworld in one second. All right, there's a few, I, have a, I have some oh, thoughts no. on Waterworld. All right, all right. Beeper. But, but to be clear. Beeper. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> a pre-Diluvian means uh, before the deluge, like before a giant flood. So the pre-Diluvian is kind of like saying, uh, you know, before the big event, before the apocalypse. So you get what I mean? Yeah. Excellent. Anyways, Waterworld. So, the guy who originally wrote Waterworld, he had this idea of Matt. Well, he didn't have the idea. He was actually said, can you make a Mad Max? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it on water. All right, so the original idea of Waterworld is going to be Mad Max on water. Yeah. And at the end, there was not going to be any dry land. It was going to be, like, basically a tanker that was half kind of floating there like a bobber, but, like, just dirt and other things over time had collected upon it, and it kind of made kind of this artificial island and that was going to be the dry land at the end and there's a lot of other things kevin costner kind of took over as he does in movies and uh the whole thing changed but this guy the original writer he was smart enough to get some kind of rights he was the first one i think he actually had to fight for him but he got a piece of the the ride so when you go to Universal Studios and you see the live show of Waterworld, that original writer gets a piece of that. So he is like loaded, or I shouldn't say loaded, but he's done very well on this movie that he that got changed from his original concept and is now making a shitload of money based on the fact that they're still doing a live Waterworld show. I'm impressed. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. He... uh I went to the, you know, when I was in school, he came and he talked to the class. It was, I mean, I, I assume it had something to do with him or maybe it was a screenwriting class. I'm not sure, man. It was yeah. a weird time. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow, that's cool. But uh, world. But yeah, with uh, I like Waterworld. I wanted to see more of the sea creatures in Waterworld. There was one scene where Kevin Costner jumps in the water and he's basically fishing because they're hungry, right? So he's kind of swimming on a tether, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then this weird kind of alligator fish with the mouth opening on the side comes and engulfs him, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And then you know he kills it and. You don't see any of that though. It just it just one scene of the fish jumping out and you know eats him, and then it goes under, and then we kind of like cut to them eating the meat. But the point is, I get it, right? The CGI in even in that one shot was pretty shitty. But I just wanted to see more of like, holy crap! If there was that giant carnivorous fish that evolved so differently, where there is a side opening mouth, then what else is there? And then he's got the girl, like, in the water, like, teaching her how to swim. It's like, okay. They're sleeping day. now. He's like, they only come out on Thursdays or something yeah, yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. We, we got, we, so we don't got, we don't got land or anything like that. We're paying for everything with weird shits and shit. And, but, but you, you know what day of the week it is. Okay. He didn't say okay. day of the week, man. He was so, I swear he said, to God No, he did. I'm telling you. I'm, he says, he says, it's okay. They're sleeping. That's what he says. That's it. He's like, they're sleeping right now. Okay. All right. But All you know right. what's I'll weird about that? It's it's not like there was different it. lighting or anything. So it's like okay. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they went to bed at like four thirty, and you're aware of that. Excellent. He's a fish man. He's aware of it. Yeah. Well, Waterworld drowned so that Moana could swim. Waterworld. And <laughs> see if it's and it calls me, and Kevin Costner knows. How far it goes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we uh, we had a, a little film thing that we were going to talk about, but we've actually run out of time. So well, this is going to be the end of our show th- this week. So all of us from Earthling Entertainment. Uh, yeah, That's you, me. You got anything else to say? No. No? Like, so we're ending it on Waterworld? Nice. We are ending it on Waterworld. That seems like a, a great show. I've been saving it for a special trade. It's paper. Paper. Have you ever seen the paper? With the smell. The smell. Paper. Paper. That, all guy, right. that guy was a horrid rapist. Well, attempted <laughs> rapist. All right. He got murdered for it. Let's let's all calm down. Yeah, it, it has a happy ending. And to be fair, it was attempted... Uh, I, I mean, he was really attempted murder, right? Because he was going to pay. So that was, you know, it was not the woman's choice. So unfortunately, that would definitely be trafficking. But he was paying so that in his part, that was still prostitution, right? Until they said, nah, and then he's like, well, I'm going to kill you. Then it becomes attempted murder. And can we not forget? We can't talk about Waterworld <laughs> without talking about Jack Black. Like, this is like one of his first big films. He was the dude who shot the, the cord. Yes, Jack Black was definitely in Waterworld. He, he was the dude in the airplane who had to shoot the uh, the court because she shot the harpoon. Yes, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's like, okay, all right, all right. You know what else is interesting? Jack Black was the villain in The Never-Ending Story Part 3. I did. Okay, See, so one, there's a never-ending story. I didn't even part know there was a three. fucking two, dude. Two. I didn't know there was Jack a two. Black is the lead of a group of bullies called the Nasties, and they're the villains. Why did that have to be so literal? The never-ending <laughs> story just keeps going. I, I got to be honest, guys. Uh, I loved those movies as a kid, but the never-ending story three. Uh, let's just say it missed the mark a bit. But all right. <laughs>
Now we're no longer ending on Modern World. We're ending on the never-ending story. So from all of us at Earthling Entertainment, see Never-ending story. Get my sloth talk ready. What? Gotta get my sloth talk ready. Your sloth. Oh, your sloth talk. Yeah. <laughs> was that last week, or was that the week yeah. before? Yeah, it was last week. I, I, I would have. I made. I made it. That's why I made sure I had it. I would have never remembered that you mentioned the sloth talk. I. Oh my god, life, dude. Hey, not bad, right? See. <laughs> <laughs>